Bakerpedia. The simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. Listening to the Baked in Science podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Baked in Science, the podcast series created by Bakerpedia. I am your host, Lynn Carson, CEO of Bakerpedia, the only online technical resource for the commercial baking industry. Do you know what I love about podcasting? It brings out the humans behind the brands that we see every day. Oh my God, I don't think I have ever spoken to such a passionate group of people in the industry. As you listen to them in this episode, you can hear the passion coming out of each and every one of these Innovation Award winners. No wonder they won. I hope you enjoy these interviews as much as I did. This episode is brought to you by Bakery Concepts International, the maker of RapidoJet. RapidoJet is clearly the most disruptive technology in the baking industry. RapidoJet can increase the hydration of your doughs by 8% and decrease mixing times by up to 85%. Imagine that. Contact Bakery Concepts about the RapidoJet at 717-732-8168 or visit bakeryconcepts.net today. Today, we have Chuck Gallagher from Parados. He is the director of R&D Sweet Dry Goods, and he is here today to talk about their award-winning Tigral Clean Label Silver Layer Cake. Hi, Chuck. Hi. How are you? I'm good. And uh, it's so it's so nice. Yeah, it's so nice to see you at ASB. Um, it's it's a great year uh, this year to see so many nice awards and your product being one of them. Can you tell me more about why this product won the Innovation Awards at ASB? Yeah, so uh, the, the innovative category of health and wellness and basically clean label falls underneath that. Um, mm-hmm. We did submit um, our entry for that where our goal as a company was um, to be as clean as possible um, with layer cakes. It's a little bit different of approach than what cream cakes would be because of the dynamic nature of being very complicated layer cake wise in in terms of keeping that fine tender texture and tight grain uh, at the same time so we did submit um our our application to uh to asb and and they did deem us to be um an award winner for, for our approach um we did send samples uh, to many people around before we did all of that to make sure that we thought we had a quality product heading to the market. So my question for you is, there are so many cake mixes out there and cake bases. What was your approach to clean up this particular line of products? Yeah, so um, we have a basic standard approach towards anything that we want to turn into clean label. We, mm-hmm. we automatically remove chlorinated um, cake flour, uh, flour that's been exposed to chlorine gas, no bleaching. Uh, we remove. Um, now that that's a, that is an amazing step. It's really difficult to do that. And yeah. will you go into a little bit on how you managed to do that? Yeah. So I mean, the basic advantages of using a chlorinated flour is is that the starch 
tends to swell to a greater extent, allowing you to bring in more of the tenderizing um, indulgent ingredients like sugar and fat and water as well too. Um, but it also creates more demand at the same time for emulsifiers, which is another part that we also tried to take out as much as possible as well. Mm-hmm. So finding a way to bring the hydration points to be the same or at least close to in terms of handling all of the fat, all of the water, and all of the sugar that we have in there was a challenge indeed. And uh, that was one of the things we were able to overcome. Okay. And did you take an approach to replacing the um, the baking leavening system yeah, so, as well? So I'll, I'll run through the, the main gamut of all of the things that we actually um, began to take out. So no, number one, the chlorinated flour. Number two, the aluminum from the baking powder system which Good. is a very, very slow reacting one, but there is uh, some studies that uh, may indicate that there's a link between aluminum and Alzheimer's disease. So it was another thing that's on the no-no list for a lot of people. Right. Um, we removed as many of the emulsifiers as possible, the polyglycerol esters, the propylene glycol monoesters, sorbitan monosterate, um, polysorbate 60. We removed all of those types of emulsifiers as much as possible, relying a lot on lecithin at that point because it's still accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, the fat and water phase still plays a crucial role on how much of the tender eating bite you want to keep. So the more water and more fat you can keep in the product, the better off you are, but they do have to work together still. So hydration plays a big role. Um, we also made sure there was no artificial uh, flavors or colors. We removed any trans fats or hydrogenated fats. So mm-hmm. um, we also took it one step Further with, um, what do I want to say? I think there was one more emulsifier off the top of my head. I just can't remember it at this moment. But uh, Okay, so when a baker looks at this base and um, want to target the healthy natural aisle, they can just easily use a little bit of it in their, in their flour? What's the percentage they have to use? So the, the mix that we're going to market with is an add sugar cake base. Okay. That allows us to actually control one more thing towards um, the actual end result, which is we add the sugar in the second stage. So the first stage would be the cake base and water only. Oh, that's and smart. That, yeah. Yeah. That allows the flour to hydrate without competing with the sugar Correct. or the water. That's so right. So I get a little, almost a frothiness out of it as well, too. And then the sugar goes in in the second stage with liquid oil. So I get some osmotic pressure of the sugar wanting to grab the moist oil. So you almost have this, a substrate that grabs water and a substrate that grabs oil, almost like a natural emulsification that happens. And we yeah. are, we're able to get a much finer, more tender crumb by actually running through these phases. That's excellent. That's some excellent R&D work, Chuck. It, it's been a lot, a lot of work. Uh, we started with, um, learning more and more about the science of cake in the mm-hmm. University of Leuven in mm-hmm. Belgium. We took some of that science, took it back to our headquarters in Belgium. We were running a, a parallel program in the U.S., and then we started combining all the efforts of the science that we had learned, and this is where we are today. That's great. So if our listeners have a request for your samples, how can they get one? Um, well, it's simply contacting any sales rep at custom or at Parados or customer service at Parados. But um, 
we will probably have a full-scale um, inventory to be pulled from the beginning of April. Sounds good. And we'll leave information on um, the summary below on how they can further get those information. Yes, very good. Well, thanks, Chuck. Thanks for coming on. Right, no problem. I really appreciate it, Lynn. Have a great afternoon, and uh, please feel free to call back if you ever need anything. Today we have Adam Bannerman, the lead engineer for Fruit New Product Development Group at Intralox. Welcome, Adam. Thanks. What is your experience in the baking industry? Um, well, in production facilities in general, I've been going into them for about a decade and been in my first bakery probably nine years ago, and I've been developing products inside the food business unit, which encompasses the bakery for about seven, year, seven or eight years now. So you have some baking engineer experience in your uh, background? Not in baking, but in conveyance and oh, conveyance convey. solutions, right. Okay. Our company great. does conveyor belts for, for the food industry. Okay. Um, so tell me about the innovation that you received for the ASB award. It's for Protrax? Yeah, Protrax is a unique modular plastic solution that we incorporate rare earth magnets into the belt itself and then that way you get to eliminate some rare earth magnets that you might have to build into your conveyor and you can have a, a magnet that moves along with the belt. Okay, so, wait, so why is this an innovation? Why can't bakers just put magnets on there right now? Actually, we've had customers try to do that. They've taken products of ours in the past and physically put them in. I've but, seen that happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's it's not necessarily um, completely new, but the idea of giving a, a complete product to the market that has all the benefits worked in and incorporated into it to be easily implementable, I think that's where the innovation really lies. When was this product launched? Um, the first iteration of Protrax was launched about three years ago, okay. and we just came out with another iteration for, uh, for radius conveyance and for upside downs and um, pan stacking, D stacking, curved conveyance, and um, that just came out uh, last year. Very cool. And were you involved in the work? Yes, but uh, my design engineer, Christy Zambrano, she's, uh, she was the lead designer on the project for it. Very but cool. our, our team definitely did a lot of work to develop it. What was the most difficult part of launching this product and, and talking to bakers about it? Um, actually, the difficult part really, I think, was just having the most well-rounded solution for them that really encompassed all their needs. Like you wanted to address things like, you know, belt life, pan wear, the magnets need to be strong enough to do the job. Um, you want to make sure that you're addressing concerns for foreign material contamination. Once we had a complete product that went out into the market, I think bakers are responding really well to it. They see the benefits in, um, yes. in pan alignment in their processes, more consistency oh, and transfers. I can't tell you how many times lines go down because of that. Absolutely, right. right. <laughs> and, then, and then another benefit that I don't think we thought about the very first time we were putting it together, but mm. the reduction in risk of foreign material contamination has been a, a real big selling point for our customers. Yes. They, uh, they have a lot of rare earth magnets underneath the conveyor right. and then a friction top product on top. And over time, that friction top yes. starts to erode and goes away, and, right. and now they don't have to worry about where that is because everything's integrated into one solution. That is very neat. That's, that's a great idea, actually. I'm glad you guys launched that product. Um, if I am a baker and I have a conveyor line in place right now, do I have to replace the entire conveying system to uh, install Protrax? No, not, not, not at all. Since it's all integrated into the conveyor belt. Um, to change the belt then? Yeah, you okay. basically have to change the belt. Okay. Um, in some cases, you might modify the carryway or, I mean, you obviously have to change sprockets to drive a new conveyor belt. 
but the I the modifications are <laughs> yeah the modifications are pretty minimal for for most of these systems and we've designed it with different iterations to drop into a lot of the existing conveyor tracks that are okay. on the market today okay and um and so really most cases it's it's a drop-in replacement for for the conveyor belts that are there and on new equipment you know you can just design for it it's no problem yeah, but a lot of our equipment right now in the field is pretty old. Exactly, know? right. That's why we really focused on the retrofit side. Right, right. That, yeah. That's really, really good to know. Yeah. On sanitation, how easy is it to clean this kind of belt? Um, I think it's just as easy to clean as any of our modular plastic products. So um, as long as you're happy with that today, then you're going to be happy with this one here. Okay. So it's easy to clean. Um, it's easy to replace. How can a baker see an ROI on this? Like, why, how would you convince a baker to replace the current conveying system with Protrax? Sure. I, I touched on a couple of these points earlier, but um, the reduction in risk is a really good one for material contamination, uh, especially in panhandling. For um, uh, overall, the productivity of it, we've seen a good aligned pan that's corrected early on in the process really makes it less likely to jam downstream. So we've gotten feedback where, yeah, we've installed Protrax at, at this part of the plant, and then oh, you know a little okay. bit further down the line, they've seen some benefit because they're getting less jams as a result of just good right. orientation as they go from conveyor to conveyor. Excellent, um, excellent idea, yeah. Yeah, so, and then also, if you're- That's almost immediate ROI there. <laughs> it can be, right, right. Right, okay. Um, so as a baker, how can I find out more information about Protrax? How can I reach you? Sure. Well, you can always contact Interlock's customer service at um, at 1-888-680-2358. And you can learn more about Protrax on interlocks.com. There's, um, there's also some YouTube videos available if you wanted to kind of see it sort of in action, so to speak, right? Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thanks for coming on with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Are you enjoying the show, Rick? Yeah, it's been fantastic few days, absolutely. Yeah. This is not your first time, obviously. You've been here for some time. Yeah, I think I've been coming. This is probably in the year 15, 16 for me. I've come wow. to ASB, yeah. Wow. Welcome, Rick. Uh, Rick is the president of Colborne Foodbotics. Um, Colborne Foodbotics won an award this year from ASB, an innovation award. That's correct. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, works And your innovation is servo basket stacker and stacker. Correct. Can you tell our listeners what that is? Sure. So it's a, an upgraded twist to a pretty conventional automation solution that's been widely adapted uh, by the baking industry for the last 30 or 40 years. Um, but what we did is take a lot of the problems that conventional systems uh, typically have and we've introduce some new engineering features that really take a lot of those problems out of this out of the uh, conventional systems and also you can run a lot faster with these newer systems how much faster about 30 percent faster that's <laughs> that's pretty convincing it's a big deal it's a um, big deal who came up with this idea why why was this idea created or what problem did it solve where did it come from sure so a, a pretty conventional bottleneck in some of these bakeries is the basket handling operation uh, so when you're trying to feed baskets to downstream automation equipment, uh, you can run into bottlenecks with conventional unstacking. And then, of course, on the other side of that, you have to stack the baskets. So depending on certain layouts, you can get into bottleneck situations with conventional stacking equipment. 
So we had bakers coming to us and, and as bagging equipment has picked up in speed and other equipment has picked up in speed, it's really exacerbated the issue of a bottleneck in the packaging Correct. area. Correct, so the higher in speed in the recent years, the higher problems we see in this part of the production. That's correct. So yeah. you go with this newer technology and now you 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 move the bottleneck to a different part of the plant. Well, this is a really interesting piece of, of you know a lot of the puzzles in, in bakery. Um, what makes you passionate about this? What it, what does uh, Colborne Foodbotics do you know exactly in your experience? How come you guys focus on this piece of the puzzle? Um, to solve these particular issues, uh, sure. what makes you specialize in this? Well, interestingly enough, the same problem was happening in the loading of baskets. Uh, conventional and older technology uh, was very slow and highly mechanical, mm -hmm. and uh, essentially customers came to us and said, what's a better way to load baskets? So through our robotic technology, we're able to pack uh, bread patterns and bun patterns in a much more uh, efficient, faster way, and more dense Correct. way. And so essentially those same customers said, well, now that you've solved the loading problem, <laughs> can you solve this unstacking stacking problem? And right. uh, from there, the new unstacking and stacking uh, equipment that we won the award. Uh, that is so that's how unique. It was born. Yeah, that's so unique. What's your experience in the baking industry, by the way? Um, so I started in the industry in 1996, um, a week out of undergrad, and uh, started in tech <laughs> service. Went into engineering, then into sales, uh, then into operations, and now I run the company. Great. What What is the future for Colborn? Well, we really see the robotic technology uh, being a big part of, of you know the growth of the comp uh, mm -hmm. company and the industry. A lot more adaptation to ro robotics by a lot more users than even five years ago. So we think that's a big area. But we also do a lot in the pie world. Oh. Uh, so we, we make a lot of automation equipment for the pie industry, um, and that's what we've been doing really since 1879. Wow. Um, so there's a whole other backstory to that part of our <laughs> business, but um, that's really the future of Colborne is the robotic business. Right. So with this new innovation of the servo basket stacker and stacker, how can bakers implement this solution? Yeah, so it is a, there's a couple ways depending on the, how an operation is laid out. But the equipment is sold as a standalone unit, okay. so you can just replace a conventional stacker right. with our so stacker. Right, so not much of a downtime in terms of switching to a new system. Correct. These can be installed in one shift. Right. Does it cut down on the amount of bodies at the packing area? Well, if you are currently hand on stacking or stacking, then you would, you would certainly look at this as a labor saver. Um, but a lot of companies already have conventional stacking and unstacking okay. in their operations, so the labor component isn't necessarily part of a justification to do it. Um, if you're replacing an, uh, an existing stacker or unstacker, that justification is going to be about taking care of a bottleneck situation, okay. uh, or maybe you have a lot of downtime related to those. So help me understand this a little bit. The ROI that a baker would see would be the, the increase in efficiency. Yes, for existing okay. for existing users of existing baskets, okay. uh, basket stackers and unstackers. But if they're looking at a new line, then you would be looking at this as a labor saver because you don't need the people to stack or unstack. That's true. Any downside to this no. new system? That Absolutely you... not. Okay, great. So if a baker in, in, is interested in contacting about this new technology. Um, 
what number can it call and where can it go to? Sure. I would suggest they visit the website first. It's just the easiest to get some basic information, and they can also find other contact methods. But uh, that website's www.colbornfoodbotics.com. Mm -hmm. You could also make it easier on yourself and just do www.colborn.com, and mm -hmm. you'll get to the same place. Right. Or you can call us at 847-371-0101. Great. Thank you for coming on today, Rick. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hello, Masha. Hello. You are from Dairy Concepts, and That's correct. your product, Accentra, was an Innovation Award winner at ASB Baking Tech this week. Um, it is a dairy-based flavor enhancer, and um, I was wondering if you can tell me what is so unusual and innovative about this product. What is unusual and innovative about this product is that it is dairy-based, uh -huh. um, so the ingredient line is very clean. So, for example, non-fat dry milk, com uh, cultured whole milk, comma, non-fat dry milk. So, very wholesome, clean ingredient declaration. And at the same time, it enhances the flavor of products that it's used in by delivering an umami taste sensation, oh, which is kind of the fifth flavor sense. Correct. And what umami does is it creates that mouth-watering, we like to use the term Moorish taste, that mm -hmm. makes you want to keep eating the product. The benefit of that as well is because it is enhancing those yummy <laughs> flavor notes in the product, we can actually use it to formulate reduced sodium products and not have to use things that don't taste as good, say potassium um, salt as a uh, salt replacer, which delivers kind of a metallic note. This is a very clean umami delivering flavor enhancer that allows the reduction of sodium. So at what levels do bakers need to use this at? Typically, we would recommend starting at 2 to 5% of the finished product okay. um, as a starting point. And it's really just a starting point. It, it, it takes a little bit of trial and error. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you would discover that if you were too high, you would start tasting sort of a mushroom note, which again has those mushrooms have those umami notes. Um, and if you're too low, you're not going to be getting that Moorish mouthwatering flavor. So that's what we recommend as sort of a starting usage level. That's great. For a baker, why would someone um, use your product in their baked good? My best example for you would be think about savory type snack crackers because this is a savory flavor enhancer. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't deliver on sweetness because it's made from dairy. Uh -huh. So think about the best example would be a savory snack cracker like a cheddar snack cracker. Mm -hmm. It really works quite well in. 
And those can be fairly high in sodium in order to deliver the very upfront flavor notes that would make somebody want to keep buying the pro- keep making, keep eating the product, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this does is helps them f- reformulate it with lower sodium, lower salt content, but That's still true. deliver that upfront impact um, on the flavor and that mouth-watering taste that makes them want to continue to finish the whole box. Wow. This is truly an innovative new ingredient that a baker can use to not only enhance uh, the flavor of the product also, but to reduce sodium and cost as well. Correct. correct. That's correct. Yes. All right. So tell me a little bit about your company, Dairy Concepts, and what do you guys do over there? We are a ingredient manufacturer mm-hmm. of value-added cheese and dairy ingredients that go to major food manufacturers, both domestically and internationally. We do not sell things like dairy commodities like nonfat dry milk or even the next layer up of dairy, which would be an example would be cheddar cheese. Mm -hmm. But we sell things that are the next level up in value. So a couple of good examples would be think about buying a bag of sour cream and onion potato chips at the store. We would be the people who provide the sour cream and onion seasoning to the potato chip manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Another good example is if you buy a frozen macaroni and cheese entree, our intensified cheese concentrates Mm -hmm. are used by food manufacturers to enhance that cheddar flavor and still have a completely clean ingredient deck because those pastes, really the ingredient deck is cheddar cheese, comma, water, comma, citric acid, something Mm -hmm. like that. So, so again, we over, are, there, over there, uh, you are seeing a reduction in sodium too, right, when you do that? Yes. Okay. Yes, it, it can. It really depends on the formulation, but yes, mm-hmm. often that is the case. And the, che- the the cheese paste that I talked about can also be used to, um, for cost effectiveness mm-hmm. and help with also refrigerated storage. And by that, I mean you can use less of the intensified cheese paste and you don't have to have freight and storage of quite as much cheddar cheese because you can use the paste at a lower level. That's interesting. Other than snacks, is there any application for like maybe cookies or dessert products that you've used? Um, for a center, are you specifically talking? Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Um, the best, some of the most successful applications we have had, not necessarily, it, it would help in cookies, I believe. We've done some work with it in some butter cookies and mm-hmm. demonstrated that, again, it helps with that um, mouth-watering taste. Right. What we have learned is when you get into a very open textured product like a bread, that it's less effective. The baking process is impacting its effectiveness. But mm-hmm. if it's more of a closed texture product like a cookie, for example, um, a biscuit, perha- uh, we've done work with biscuits. And especially when you get into those more tight textured things like crackers or things of that nature, um, it works very, very well. 
Wow, very interesting. So, um, is are there any other uh, aspect of Accenture that I didn't cover? I think just one other thing besides the flavor enhancement, the ability to reduce sodium, um, is that potentially, very dependent on the formula, there can also be uh, an aspect of cost effectiveness to this. Um, you wouldn't t typically think so because usually salt is the cheapest ingredient in a formula and if you take salt out, usually the cost of your formula goes up. But we have had cases where we added a centra and actually had to reduce the amount of onion and garlic and even cheese in the product because the flavor enhancement of the Accentra threw the balance of the taste profile out of whack. And we actually had to reduce some of those more expensive ingredients wow. in order to get back to that clean, balanced profile. And I guess that's the other word I forgot to use, which is one of the benefits of the umami aspect of mm -hmm. Accentra is that it balances out the flavor profile. And that's part of what wants, what helps consumers want to continue to eat more. That's because true. if you eat something and there's a flavor note that's out of balance, you don't want to keep eating it. But if it's very balanced and smooth, right, you're going to finish the whole bag. Yeah. So, yeah. so that <laughs> oh, is a very... you want to eat more, right? <laughs> so that's, that's a benefit. And the other benefit is that because of the process itself, um, I talked about reducing salt, but there is an aspect where there is an increased amount of potassium, and we know that potassium is also a, a good nutrient. Mm -hmm. And so the nutritional panel on this would have higher potassium than a product formulated with just sodium. Great. And um, what, what are some of the brands that, um, that actually uh, utilize your product? Um, I mean, can I go out and buy something with your product in there today? Um, you can, but that information from a customer point of view and a it's brand true. point of view is confidential. Right. So we'll just get offline and you can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Masha. Thanks for coming on. If our listeners have any questions or they want to get a sample from you, how can they contact you? The best thing to do and the easiest is to go to our website, www.dairyconcepts.com, mm -hmm. and you and, can uh, dairy is go ahead, D-A-I-R-I-C-O-N-C-E-P-T-S, awesome. with no space in between. Okay. And it is dairy with an I. Okay. And they can request a sample there. Mm -hmm. um, they can request additional information there. There is someone that monitors the information request um, every day, and they can ask for additional technical information or just request a sample. Wonderful. Thanks for stopping by, Masha. You're very welcome. Anytime. Let's take a break and thank our sponsor, Bakery Concepts International, the maker of RapidoJet, for sponsoring this podcast. Have you seen RapidoJet at work? Well, let me tell you. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw a fully developed dough with zero mixing time. What do we call this? Continuous mixing? 
Um, I'm not certain because this technology is so disruptive that it blurs my mixing vocabulary. Certain people call it continuous mixing. I believe it's actually instant mixing. Don't believe me? Contact Ken at bakeryconcepts.net or call 717-732-8168. And here with me today, I have Scott Houts, president of Air Management. Scott, you won the ASB Innovation Award recently. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what this award was for? Sure. It was for our spiral conditioning system. Um, spiral conditioning systems are different from what has been typical in the industry as far as cooling systems. Um, the conditioning system serves a couple other different facets. So not only does it provide that consistent temperature uh, that you need for product cooling, but it also provides advanced filtration to minimize the amount of mold spores that can be deposited on the product. And the one thing that we always look at is when we're talking about uh, mold spores, that type of contamination is that obviously that final product after it comes out of the oven spends a maybe a minute going between the oven and the cooler. That's true. Maybe, maybe a minute going to packaging, uh -huh. but most of its time is dwelling there on the cooling process. And that's when it's exposed to, you know, microbial contamination and at greatest risk for molds. So the system by filtering levels down to like 97% of the mold spores are removed. We also pressurize the environment to keep any type of spores that might be present in the plant from coming in. And at the same time with the conditioning system, we create a temperature and humidity controlled environment so that you can have consistency and predictability. Um, also, the units can be equipped with like UV lighting in key areas to where there might be microbial contamination like cooling coils and so forth. And a lot of the innovation regarding like sustainability is the energy uh, operating this type of system. So when compared to, it has all these advantages, and when compared to a traditional cooling system, it can actually save on a high speed um, capacity breadline, it can actually save about $40,000 a year worth of cooling cost versus using a traditional fan wall or other means. How we do that, is um, by looking at some real intelligent um, operational characteristics. So first of all, when we're looking at cooling bread, we're typically in a neighborhood about 70 degrees and at 70 Fahrenheit. So rather than recirculating that hot, humid air that's coming off of that cooler, which has a much higher heat content than most of the time the outside air in the plant that we're at, we right. will actually draw in outside air when the enthalpy, total heat content, is lower. Uh, normally, our cooling, our mechanical cooling, only operates when it's above 70 degrees Fahrenheit outside. At all other times, it's using economized conditions to be able to do that. Even when we're cooling, when it's above 70 degrees, most of the time we're cooling outside air and exhausting the air out of the cooler. Once again, we want to make sure that, you know, it's more economical, and plus we want to get any, quote, contaminated air uh, outside that space if possible. During the wintertime, what mm -hmm. we do is we actually use the moisture content that's being released from that product by recycling a portion of that around 
we keep the environmental condition inside that cooler. We provide indirect humidity control, once again, to minimize, you know, excessive moisture loss, staling, and so forth that might occur through that process. So that's the difference between a conditioning system versus a cooling system. Oh, I get it. Okay, I was just going to ask you, but you just explained everything. That's, that's really awesome because I feel that one of the reasons why bakers really overdose on calcium propanate or uh, apply too much cultured wheat is because they can't control the mold spores. Mm-hmm. And this really uh, figures out, puts, puts it in the system where you know, um, you can actually use less calcium propanate or maybe eliminate it, you know. So one of the positive things about your system is you re- you do remove up to 97% of mold spores. Um, and then using the pressure, um, pressure system to get the uh, hot and humid air out, um, this is actually very interesting to me because it feels like it's not just putting in a new cooling system it's it's like changing the environment in there mm-hmm. does this does this itself cost a lot of money or what what can the baker see as an ROI yeah typically the ROI one if you're doing it from new uh, strange thing is it's about the same cost as traditional fan walls. Very good. And, uh, you know, however, when you're retrofitting, and a lot of people don't do cooling, as you know, they're using ambient coolers and so forth. Correct. Uh, So to retrofit, it does come with a premium. However, uh, the one thing that we have found is, and we've been doing these systems for quite a few years, is the people who have bought them continually buy them. Uh, The reason being is uh, they do have such a better controlled environment uh, over the process, and they actually do notice reduced uh, food quality complaints as far as coming back from the customer. So there is value there. Uh, even if you look at an overhead cooler and you think about, well, what is my energy cost with an overhead cooler? How much right. is it? It's an exhaust fan. It's a couple exhaust fans. Truly, if you look at a lot of the areas in the United States to where you have exhaust fans over those coolers and you're running them, let's just say, 100% during the summertime, you know, maybe during the wintertime you run, you know, 25% because you're just looking at moisture, getting it out. When you look at the cost of the makeup air that you have to bring into the facility, you know, to heat because you want to keep your facility pressurized. So you have to bring this outside air in and heat it with gas or whatever. This system even operates less than those. Wow. Inexpensive. Uh, So there is some uh, major benefits, you know, that they can have, you know, with this system. Great. Sounds like you have a lot of experience in this area on managing air and air Mm -hmm. systems. Uh, Can you let our listeners know a little bit more about your experience in the baking industry or food industry? How long have you guys been in this business? Yeah, kind of uh, the experience in the baking industry probably has been, I'm going to say about 20 years now, actually doing air quality investigations. But where that came from was back in the 80s, uh, indoor air quality was a big thing. People were getting sick, schools, hospitals, whatever the case may be, and we're actually certified. I'm certified to do indoor air quality assessments. So we would go in and we would diagnose, you know, when uh, somebody was getting sick, 
or whatever. We look at ventilation, microbial contamination, VOCs, you name it, to be able to investigate and determine those causes. Well, in 95, uh, we kind of got put into the baking industry. A local baker here uh, reached out to us after flooding and had us come up, you know, to look at not only, you know, some air quality things, but some mechanical things. And that kind of, uh, when they seen what we did, was like, wow, okay, uh, we got a lot of jobs for you. And that, that kind of entered us into the baking industry. And so we do uh, not only this spiral conditioning system, but our big claim to fame is the heat recovery system to where we can recapture the heat off of your ovens, essentially it becomes a third utility. And believe it or not, there's enough heat that comes off of there to power every thermal process, your proofers, your basket washers, Wow. Uh, in the facility, and we just did a large project for uh, one of the big three baking companies to where we're also, because they have oxidation equipment because of the ethanols, mm -hmm. we can actually produce enough cooling to cool all the mixers wow. through resorption refrigeration. That's so we can actually go almost net zero on energy use being powered from that utility or baking process. That's neat. And, and, and you're going to apply for next year's award for that, right? Uh, we've already gotten awards for that, but a good thought. <laughs> <laughs> I actually well, spoke at uh, ASB in 2010, I think it was, on the heat recovery. And, uh, I mean, it just took off, you know, from there. No, really that's, well. that's, that's needed. That's really needed in the baking industry. Um, so if our listeners have any more questions, uh, who, who can they call or where can they go? Yeah, well, they can certainly uh, reach out to me, uh, you know, and I will uh, definitely be here to assist them or point them in the right direction to one of our great team members. We have a lot of very talented people here that have been doing it for many years. And your website address? is www.airmanagement.com. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Congratulations on winning this award, Glenn. Can you tell me a little bit about your company? I sure will. Uh, and thank you for the fond wishes. We're very excited here at Rarick Pacific. Um, we've been around a long time, 100 years or so, uh, and we have been in sustainable packaging uh, for that entire period of time. And as we branched out past packaging, we got into technology and equipment and uh, virtually anything that we can get involved in, in all of the different industry verticals, one of which is bakery, uh, we look to challenge the status quo, ask a bunch of questions and uh, drive the value buckets uh, that we call uh, important every day. Uh, this project was uh, one of those uh, such innovations that we came up with and uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of it, and uh, so is everybody at Rarick Pacific. Great. So you are the director of the bakery division at Rarick Pacific Company. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at Rarick? Sure. Um, we service uh, the supply chains of 11 different industry verticals, one of which is bakery. I run that bakery division. Uh, uh -huh. We have a number of different uh, products uh, that are bakery trays, dollies, pallets. Uh, we offer services that uh, could range from recycling to washing to repair of some of those returnable plastic assets. Uh, mm -hmm. We also do a lot of work with uh, technology. We are getting into uh, track and trace for asset management and asset utilization. Uh, so when you add it all up uh, in the bakery industry, we want to know what's coming into the plant, what's 
being used in the work in progress and then what goes out to the retail. So where can we best, you know, affect that and uh, drive out costs and uh, come together with mutual value? That's what we do. And uh, it's a big challenge every day. It is. One of the biggest uh, challenges that bakeries have with their uh, baskets is the sanitary aspects of it, you know. Um, right. So Stack King won the award uh, for Trey Stacker. What is so special about this particular product? I'm glad you asked that question because when we originally thought of this uh, as a, a concept, uh, we needed to come up with a product that was simple, cost-effective, easy to use, uh, you know, whether it was in the bakery plant, the depot, or the DC. But all the bakers we talked to said that it would help them with maximum cube utilization on trailers. It turns out that that was a very important piece of the puzzle. Uh, but when we made our first prototype, uh, we showed it at IBIE in 2016, and it was quite a buzz. Uh, we got a lot of great information from all of the attendees. And we found out that one of the things that was actually more important than saving space on trailers and taking trucks off the road and saving on greenhouse gas emissions was the safety of their employees. Uh, because this unit allows you to upstack, downstack, sort, and handle safely, whether they're yeah. full or empty trays, you have right. the ability to have a very cost-effective solution. It works in the power zone of a normal employee's uh, shoulder to knee area, so they don't mm -hmm. have to bend too low and they don't reach too high. When you do that, all of a sudden, you've changed the dynamics and the whole conversation about workman's compensation, injuries, patient, um, mm -hmm. you know, insurance premiums, and claims of all sorts. So it became more of a safety play for us and it really took us by surprise. So I think yes. the, the nicest things, Lynn, for us is, uh, you know, we're constantly learning and asking questions. This one was a big win for us. And we've got a lot of people piloting, beta testing, and, uh, and ready for commercialization now. Hey, I love it because I've seen bakers uh, in bakeries just overstacking and things just falling down on them. It's so unsafe. It is. And yeah, and this is the, this is the product that definitely um, the safety committee would love to get their hands on. Is there any other um, uh, food safety or sanitation aspect you have about um, your products? Well, we are dabbling in uh, the washing of trays. Okay, so most bakeries have tray washers and uh, they'll use them uh, on a regular basis. Uh, I know that sometimes trays get inordinately dirty and uh, sometimes they have to be reground. You know, they, they just That's grind true. them up and we've replaced them. But uh, by and large, uh, we have uh, some projects going on now that involve portable washers. And a part of our service aspect, I mentioned before that Rare Pacific not only sells products, but we offer technology that go with the products. Mm -hmm. And we also offer services that uh, will support the products uh, really from A to Z, one of which is washing. Uh, I definitely think that that's something that uh, is important in the industry yep. for us in the future. Um, you know, we're always cognizant of the consumer and uh, mm -hmm. what touches our products. 
Most everything we have can be offered in FDA compliant materials or colors. Uh, not always because it doesn't always touch the actual right. product. Uh, most of the time we're secondary or tertiary packaging, but you're, you're exactly right. We have to be all concerned about the food safety modernization coming and uh, it's here upon us. Yeah. Uh, a, a great uh, example, Lynn, is, is plastic pallets. Plastic yeah. pallets are a, a really good way to eliminate a lot of contamination in and out of the trailers, in and out of the, the uh, bakeries, any food and beverage company. So we, uh, we dabble uh, in that conversation on a daily basis and uh, we're making some good strides there. I love that you actually offered a whole solution for um, the basket portion of things. And I've seen so many unsanitary baskets, you know, just sitting out in the parking lot sometimes. So great to hear that your company has this innovation and thank you for joining me today. That's wonderful. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Welcome, Kathy. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for coming on. And um, for our listeners, this is Kathy Sargent. She is the Strategic Innovation Director at Corbion. Kathy, you won the Innovation Awards at ASB, didn't you? Didn't you? Yes, we did. Yeah, and this is for the pristine cake, vanilla, and chocolate cake bases. Yes, we're excited about this new portfolio. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about what goes into the technology to make these clean label? Absolutely. Um, we really looked at this a bit of a journey as we were developing, you know, within the sweet goods category and understanding what the market need was. So at Corbion, you know, we're a B2B company focused on ingredient technology, and we're very purposeful that we need to stay connected to the market trends and the consumer voice. So looking at the sweet good market overall, it's a very healthy market. It has a strong base with over $4 billion category, but it creates a lot of challenge as well when we want to grow because we already have over 80% household penetration for sweet goods. Mm -hmm. So looking at what was happening in food, specifically around clean label, we wanted right. to figure out what that means for sweet goods. Mm -hmm. So, you know, clean label has a variety of forms and... Nielsen did a great job of laying out, you know, free from being removal right. of all the artificials. Mm -hmm. And so our, our technology includes that as well. It can have the long list of non-adeds, you know, the no artificial flavors, no artificial colors or preservatives. All of that is included. But progressing to the next level of what clean label can mean, we start to get into clean. And that's targeting specific ingredients. So we've removed bleached flour. We're mm -hmm. no longer relying on chlorination, which is so functional for high ratio cakes. Right. We've removed the datum, SSL, mm -hmm. also taking out any polysorbates that consumers don't understand and don't want to see. Okay. Uh, any aluminum out of our leavening systems. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. And then the next level of what we really consider being important to consumers under clean label is getting to a level of simple. And for us, simple is looking at more recognizable ingredients That's and shorter ingredient legends. Mm -hmm. So with our technology, we've taken some of our standard cakes and reduced the number of keystrokes on that ingredient deck by up to 42%. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So that is going to be impressive when a consumer flips over the package and looks at that laundry list that they don't understand. And it's going to feel more like something that came out of their grandma's pantry. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) Aluminum sounds a little weird, but, you know, we've been using aluminum and baking powder for a long time. It's just recently been, you know, brought to light um, that consumers just want want it removed and there is some issues with you know the leavening acid rates and stuff like that um does your product help with um the chemical leavening system i mean when you remove aluminum there is a drastic change in reaction rates right right and and the approach we took with this, you know, knowing that the market was shifting, we really got proactive and ahead of it. And that gave our developers the opportunity to build from the ground up. We didn't have to be reactive of taking a standard formula and removing a couple ingredients. That's true. But we did the reverse. Um, and we really challenged the team to take the technology that we know so well and fit, use that as a toolbox and build the best clean label cake that we could and figure out what is the must-have ingredients that we need to build back into it versus what you could make at home to make it high-speed industrialized. Right. And, you know, from that, core to our knowledge is around enzyme technology. Mm -hmm. And we have a big toolbox of enzymes, but for too many years, we always talked about that for shelf life only. Yeah, that's true. Enzymes are great texture modifiers. Mm -hmm. So we can now use that as a tool to replace other ingredients, to maintain smoothness and eating characteristics, um, tenderness, instead of relying on ingredients consumers don't want. We've leaned into what we know about developing egg replacers. Egg replacers, even though clean label cakes don't need to be low in eggs, replacers are often very functional for emulsification. They're functional for building structure and strength, mm-hmm. where we may lose some of that when we take out those emulsifiers that consumers no longer want to see. I was just going to say that, you know, if you remove those PGMEs and emulsifiers, the first thing uh, that you can see, you, you, your customer is going to see is the crumb grain, how it affects the crumb grain. And, you know, it's great to hear that you guys have used all these technology in combination to prevent that from happening. So I'm excited to see your product. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really been a journey through formulation and understanding what happens in manufacturing to leverage um, the process itself to make mm-hmm. the best products that consumers are going to want. Mm-hmm. In an indulgent space, they're not going to sacrifice quality to get these type of claims. It has to maintain their expectation as something they want to share, something they still want to celebrate with, because life happens around food, and sweet goods are a big part of that. That's true. Um, and uh, what is this I hear besides the cake and vanilla chocolate cakes that you have also a line of icing and cake stabilizers that have a clean label? Yes, we do. So we have a full line of stabilizers in our portfolio, and we've gone back and looked at, again, the functional ingredients that are needed to deliver. And some of the best samples I think we've put out are mini bunt cakes with a fantastic wow. glaze approach. Amazing. And they really, they really satisfy the consumer's need for indulgence, for portion control. It, it's that clean, supreme feeling. 
and that can elevate to a premium level in a shareable form. That sounds great. Um, I can't wait to see your products in the market. Uh, give me a ring if it's somewhere around here. And um, congratulations on your award. Thank you. We're very excited. Hey, listeners, before you go, I'd like to say that this podcast was recorded during Baking Tech 2018 in Chicago, Illinois, at the Chicago Hilton. Baking Tech is known throughout the wholesale industry as the best week in baking due to the numerous opportunities for networking and education. Highlights of this year's program were a panel of baking industry CEOs who talked about the development of their company cultures and how that has created a sustainable employment and production model. The keynote by Mario Somoza with Pan Papin in Puerto Rico and how they survived and are rebuilding from last year's hurricanes. The product development competition that featured four student teams across the U.S. who presented their concepts for new and innovative sweet goods. All of this in addition to 16 technical sessions featuring solutions to current issues facing the baking industry. Log on to www.asbe.org to learn more about being a member or sign up. Till the next episodes, you baking fanatics! Wow, that was quite an episode, wasn't it? Can you please do me a favor? Like or subscribe to this podcast and leave me any reviews because I want to learn how to make this listening experience better for you. Till the next episode, listeners, keep making that dough!